Hi Medix Money listeners, it's Matthew again with another triage episode, where we take the important concepts from the main podcast and pack them into a bite-sized format. Today we're going to go through a change for limited companies currently making its way through Parliament, theoretical and potential reforms to ISAs, and a bit of tax trivia, of course. This is all taken from episode 140, entitled ISAs Coming to an End and Careless Tax Mistakes, which aired back on January 26, 2023. Go and check out the full episode wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen to this week's episode on what to do before the tax year end, you may have noticed that Ed's sound was markedly better. Well, listeners, I've got the same treatment, thanks to the super deduction, where you can claim tax relief up to 130% of the cost of the investment for companies up to the 31st of March 2023, which is tomorrow. Okay, first up, let's get into Tommy and Ed talking about some of the changes for smaller micro companies that's currently making its way through Parliament. This is going to be particularly useful for those of you who are currently or thinking about trading through a limited company. Should we start with the company's house thing? Because I saw yeah, this. Well, you read really boring accountancy magazines so that I and the listeners don't have to. But most of the stuff you tell me is of interest to a very limited amount of people, if that's not too offensive. But this should interest a lot yeah. of people. What is this about? And then when's it happening? So it's all about company's house reform. Okay. So currently, part two of the very snappily titled Economic Crime and Corporate Transparency Bill is working its way through Parliament, okay? And it's setting out quite extensive provisions to reform companies' house. The first part, to do with the economic crime side of things, that was actually fast-tracked in March 2022 in response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But that left the second part, to do with corporate transparency, still to be enacted. And as part of this, there are plans to enhance the powers given to companies' house and to improve the quality and value of financial information on their register. So I'm sure you guys know if you go to the company's house website, you can find information on any company that's registered with them. Okay, and as part of that, we thought it'd be useful to advise our listeners about a key proposed change that's going to affect everyone. As I say, trades for a company is thinking about doing it, but also, you know, it's useful to know. Okay, so as a small amount of background, companies are classified in the legislation, the Companies Act 2006, based on their size, okay? The smaller the company, the fewer filing requirements at company's house that they have. And so small or micro companies, they can file much shorter or abridged accounts, okay? So a small company, just out of interest, for example, they've got two of, two of the following, or any two of the following, a turnover of less than 10.2 million pounds, a balance sheet with less than 5.1 million in assets on it, and 50 employees or less, okay? So you've got two of those three, you're deemed to be a small company. And micro companies are even smaller than that. So if you think about it, that's going to cover a lot of companies on there. Okay. Now these companies, these entities, they don't have to file a PL at the moment or what's called a director's report. So all they have to do right now, I say all, but they've got to file a simple balance sheet, no profit and loss account, no director's report. And for those of you who have no idea what a director's report is, just to say a director's report names all the directors, explains the principal activities of the company in the year. And it also states the amount of dividend that, that the directors recommend. And you, you know, you may, if any of you guys read any accounts, you may see in the directors report other things about how they're engaged with their employees or their environmental policy and things like that. Okay. Now, what this new bill is doing is it's basically going to require small companies to file both their profit and loss account and a directors report. And micro companies, the really small companies, they will be required to file a PL as well, profit and loss account as well, although they don't have to do a directors report. Okay, so the thing to say is if you're if you do have a company right now, as I say, or you're thinking about trading via a company in the future, bear in mind that at some point in the future, your filing requirements are going to increase and you will, no matter how 
small your company, you will need to file at least a profit loss account along your balance sheet, perhaps a director's report as well. And all of this is expected to obtain royal assent in the spring, although we don't know when the elements are going to come into force. Okay, so it may not be that all of these things come into the force straight away. There may be some sort of delay in when they come into account, but it's expected that spring is when the bill will be passed. So just to update you all on this, it's currently actually passed through the House of Commons. That's all done. And it's about halfway through the House of Lords. So it looks like it may remain on track to come into play from about spring onwards. However, just like Ed said, not everything is necessarily going to be coming into effect immediately, so we'll just keep an eye on this. We'll update you when it changes, so watch this space. Okay, next we're going to cover some frankly worrying speculation that ISAs are going to be reformed. I'm going to preempt this and say that I haven't seen anything further to this since we released the episode, so bear in mind that it's purely hypothetical, at least at the time of recording. So let's go ISAs, man, because I think this is kite flying, it may or may not happen, but this is something that's been muted many times, that basically... There's a proposal, or think tank has come out, Resolution Foundation, who actually, we normally like their stuff because they do great stuff on the marginal tax rates, which is great. And they're basically saying that the UK has a savings problem, especially amongst, you know, people with less money. And the obvious solution to that is to stop the tax-free benefits of ISAs. But for our listeners that aren't like fully up to speed, give us a like lowdown on ISAs because we love ISAs and hopefully they don't go away. But what is it to talk me through an ISA? Yeah, so that's so absolutely. So they were launched in 1999 under sort of Tony Blair, Gordon Brown. For those days, I was, actually, I was still at university the first time around. So uh, they came in just before I started training. But they initially, they had lo- there were loads and loads of different schemes. They had things called PEPs, they had things called testers. There are loads of things that were tax-free savings account and the whole thing was a mess so what the Labour government did was they combined everything all together in one thing called an ISA and they are very popular they basically enable investors to receive tax-free dividends and tax and capital growth there's no capital gains tax no income tax they're really valuable and that's going to be even more valuable from April 2023 because a lot of our listeners and viewers will know that from April 2023, the government are cutting the tax-free dividend allowance and the capital gains tax allowance. They're both being cut in half and then being cut in half again the following year. Okay, so that makes ISAs even more valuable. And it's estimated, I think this came from the Financial Times, I read this, there are around 27 million ISAs out there. And apparently at the moment, 12 million people are contributing towards them. There are also apparently 2,000 ISA millionaires, apparently, who can generate quite significant tax-free income through dividends, for example, and they don't have to pay any tax and they don't have to declare that on their tax returns. So there's a growing call for ISAs to be reformed. And given the state of the public's finances, we already have the highest tax burden since the Second World War, you know, it really may be an area that the government look at. And you mentioned to me about a recent report by the Resolution Foundation. Absolutely. They found that the UK has a significant savings problem. We have the worst savings rate in the whole of the G7. What they found was our main vehicle for trying to promote saving, which is these ISAs, those advantages, they really mainly flow to the already wealthy. So 41% of the money that the government loses in foregone tax revenue, 41% of that, that goes to the richest 10% of households. And they apparently also hold 29% of the total cash in ISAs as well. So According to this report, and I'm going to quote this bit, I've got it on my screen to read it. Taken together, the richest tenth of households are set to gain just under £800 on average. And it goes on to say that this is around 20 times the gains received by the poorest tenth of households, which is £38. 
So you can see that potentially uh, that might be a good way for the government to uh, a save some tax revenue by limiting the amount that people can invest in ISAs, or even I'm sure they wouldn't do, but even scrapping them all together, and then trying to target savings or trying to target lower paid workers and getting them to save more through some other special scheme that they might invent. And that's the that's a potential out there. So as Tommy said, this is quite fine. Who knows? This has just been in the news, all the papers about the idea that maybe ISAs need to be reformed, and who knows. The government may run with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of that I agree with in here. You know, it's, we do need to encourage those who are not saving to start regular saving. And so I agree with that bit. I'm just, it's just a bit of kind of (laughs) declaration of interest. I have some money in ISAs. I love ISAs. I'm just not sure, like everyone agrees that we need to help those that are struggling the most to save. And that would be amazing. I'm just not sure by taking away benefits from, I guess we're talking about wealthy people, aren't we? That's going to necessarily, I think we might be throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, but I have a slight bias. What do you think, mate? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I've talked about this before in terms of, I do have some ISOs, but I don't have huge amounts in there. I'm always keen to... uh, my sort of future goal, my news resolutions are always to try and put extra money in them where I can. I agree. I think, first of all, if they did anything to change this, it's going to cause a lot of admin cost and burden. So, you know, at the moment, this is simple, isn't it? You know, literally anyone, any UK taxpayer or whoever it is, anyone over 18, I think it is, can set up an ISA. You know, that, that's it, really. So nice and simple. So if they try and reform it, they're going to have to utilise, you know, trying to work out a way to police that, to try and minimise the admin burden that's going to arise. And as you say, you know, we have a savings problem in general. Is it the right thing to do to punish people that are saving? Well, I don't think it is. I guess they're already wealthy. Okay. Or some of them anyway, you know, according to this. But yeah, I agree. I don't think they should touch this. And I actually don't think they will because I don't think, I think it would be so politically unpopular. The government already getting a lot of criticism for the tax rate burden at the moment from their own party. I think they would struggle to justify this. Just bear in mind that ISAs are now more important than ever against the backdrop of cuts to the tax-free dividend and capital gain allowances. We say this on the podcast a lot, but it's worth considering maximising ISA contributions as we all get £20,000 a year to use, and that's going to be resetting on the 6th of April 2023. Finally, I couldn't resist including a little bit of tax trivia in here. I like to promote it where possible because ever since I heard Ed talking about Jaffa Cakes and tax, I can think of little else. So enjoy. As a really small aside, a very tiny bit of tax trivia. When I was training, we still had the Indian Revenue, Customs and Excise, and Gordon Brown decided it would be a good idea to merge the two. And now at the time, they had different types of penalty regimes. The VAT penalty regime was really strict, really hideous. And, you know, VAT inspectors allegedly had more powers than the police to rock up and search your home and your businesses. The Indian Revenue, for some reason, had far fewer powers. Okay, But when he merged the two... Funnily enough, they equalise all the penalties and etc. at the higher level with the VAT inspectors. So from that moment on, the Indian Revenue or now HMRC got extra powers to impose penalties. Thanks so much for listening to this triage episode. I hope you've been finding them helpful. And I love my little corner of the Medics Money podcast. So thanks for tuning in. And if you need, you can get in touch with us at team at medicsmoney.co.uk. That's team at medicsmoney.co.uk. Cheers all. <laughs>